Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we're partying hearty with a cozy Valentine's Day celebration. We hope we'll put a loving pep in your step. But first, it's Cozy in the News. My top cozy story this week is all about Groundhog Day. Like everything else these days, Punxsutawney Phil's declaration of whether or not there will be six more weeks of winter went virtual as 20,000 adoring fans watched via live stream as he was hauled violently out of his cozy (laughs) den to be lifted like Simba in The Lion King while guys in funny hats read a proclamation in his voice. And this to me is the coziest part. So picture it, right? It's a cold February day. There's a bunch of old guys holding a groundhog. And then they read a proclamation that's supposed to be written from the groundhog. (laughs) (laughs) From the groundhog's POV, okay? Kind of like how my mom will send me a Christmas card from her cat. All right, so... God, I'm becoming that person. (laughs) I worry. So this year, Phil wrote, It's a beautiful morning, this I can see, with all my fans viewing virtually. (laughs) My faithful followers being safe and secure, our tradition of Groundhog Day must endure... But now when I turn to see, there's a perfect shadow cast of me. Six more weeks of winter there will be. So, (laughs) And he made it (laughs) COVID-related. That's the most devastating part of it all. Say what you will about Punxsutawney Phil. uh, Very aware of current events for Groundhog. So apparently there will be six more weeks of winter. You know, for us cozy fans, that sounds like six more weeks of bundling up. I'm here for it. But not everyone agrees. Staten Island Chuck. (laughs) What? Uh, New Jersey's groundhog has contradicted Phil with a report of early spring. So I don't know what rodent to believe, but that's your choice. But that's the story. That's the news. Uh, Some cozy groundhog news for you today. Wow. Jillian, uh, what's fresh off the presses for you? Well, before I get into my hot news item, I have a little story to share about Phil (laughs) or Groundhog Day. So on Groundhog Day, I told my partner, I said, oh, you know, it's going to be six more weeks of winter. And she goes, does that mean we can wear white now? <laughs> <laughs> she thought it. She like completely like, I said, Ex- what now? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> and she goes, yeah, you know, like, you know, the rule, if we can wear white or, you know, when was it appropriate? Like Phil, some fierce fashionista telling America when you can wear white. But cre- clearly she got Labor Day mixed up with Groundhog Day or somehow intertwined them, which I thought was, I'll never get over it till the day I die. It's just the most ridiculous. Just imagining a rodent um, like Anna Wintour telling us when when we can put on our white. I've always been confused about no white after Labor Day because I got that point. But when is it after Labor Day enough to start wearing white again? I don't have time for that. Who has time for that? Um, personally, I don't wear any white because I'm a ghost, so that's just not a good choice <laughs> for me. So it doesn't even apply. Don't have to worry about it, yeah. No, I don't. So, but yeah, moving on. Not Jillian's problem. All right, Jillian, what's news to you that's cozy? So the final installment of To All the Boys I Loved Before is premiering on Netflix February 12th. So if you're a big fan, make sure that you are tuning in. This last bit of this love series follows Lara Jean and Peter Gavinsky. They reunite and 
it starts off with Lara coming back from Korea with her family. She's on a big trip, and then she must face the next chapter in her life, which is college. And Peter is accepted at Stanford, but she hasn't been accepted yet. So that's the unanswered question. Will she get accepted or not? But in the meantime, she travels to New York with her friends, and she really falls in love with New York City. And so we have to wait and see whether she'll go to New York or go to Stanford with Peter if she does get accepted. But it's one of those things where I realized that this series has been going on since 2018. So every year, you know, you tune in and you watch it and sad when something comes to an end, but also in a, re- a relief in a way because you don't want it to drag out too long. So keep that on your calendar. And the last thing I have, it's a little side note. Since it's Valentine's Day, I have a Valentine's Day related news item. I came across this article about a bookstore called The Head and the Hand in Philadelphia that is offering a Valentine's Day date night. Now, COVID aside, I think this would be a cute idea. You rent a bookstore for an hour and you get to bring your own drinks and your, you know, they have food and the bookstore provides all these little amenities and you can have your own little I guess you could say like a, more of a meet cute if you get to one of your first dates, but if it's not, it's still a romantic evening. That was an interesting idea. I've never heard about this before. So the Head in the Hand offers a whole date night package, 90 or 120 exclusive minutes to browse a bookstore for two people, um, complimentary wine or beer, a curated playlist, um, your top favorite bands, and then they'll put in their own little spin, a complimentary copy of one of their books because they publish their own books. A Bluetooth speaker, table and chairs, flameless candles, um, then 15% off any of your purchases made at the end of your date. So it sounds like a cute idea, but I'm curious to hear what other people think. And Matt, what do you think about this idea? That's really interesting. It's, I, I was expecting it to be like crazy expensive because the idea of renting out a space like that sounds not cheap. But I'm seeing now, so it's this one is uh, $65 for 90 minutes. Yeah. I think so I think what I would just need to be assured of is how things are disinfected between guests. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also that the ventilation is, you know, properly handled in terms of like, is air circulating from previous guests who had been there? I don't know if it's for me, but it sounds like they're, they're being safe enough. I, I just need a few more questions answered about the health and safety of it all. In terms of the concept, like spending a romantic evening in a bookstore sounds really cute. Yeah, exactly. So outside of, you know, COVID, if we're living in a COVID free world, one person, one on one can dream um, that I think that would be a pretty acute idea. It's just something unique I've never seen. So it caught my eye and they do like they're spaced out their dates. So it's only one couple per day, but still like then there's the employees and like, I wouldn't want someone to have to mask up for my book, yeah. date, you know, whatever. So that, I think that's a little bit iffy, but I chose as a cozy news item outside of the, the COVID stuff. Like, Oh, you know, if you could rent a bookstore for an evening, what would that look like? Would that be someone's cozy date night drinks? I, I, I think a lot of people would appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an idea to consider. I'm sure they're, they're probably booked by now, but you might get lucky. I don't know. I think honestly, it's so out of my mind, the idea of like dining outside of the house. (laughs) I can't even imagine wanting that right now, (laughs) personally. Well, good thing is it's only two people. So the only person that I can't can't imagine really conversing with anyone at a Skype friend uh, meetup. And I was was really nervous like an hour before it's getting sweating like, oh, my God, I have to talk. And so 
luckily you, it wouldn't be a, a group thing. But yeah, I feel the same way. I can't even imagine interacting with people. But we threw a party for everybody. <laughs> yeah, a virtual fet. Yeah, exactly. We will we will virtually have a Valentine's Day party right now. On the docket for our cozy Valentine's Day party, first we're going to talk about our favorite Valentine's Day TV show episodes and TV specials, followed up by a debate about our favorite Valentine's Day candy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a debate or be agree, but we'll see how much we agree and disagree. Some plans that we have to uh, create a cozy Valentine's Day for ourselves, and we'll wrap it all up with our favorite love songs. So let's start with our favorite Valentine's Day TV shows and uh TV specials, as it were, with... Okay, so there's one TV special I have to discuss, and I'm going to kick it off with a Charlie Brown special, right? It's not the famous Christmas and Halloween ones. It's Be My Valentine, Charlie Brown. If you haven't seen it, Be My Valentine, Charlie Brown is about Linus trying to show his love for his teacher, Mrs. Othmar, by buying her a heart-shaped box of chocolates which causes Sally to make him a valentine in return because she sees him coming out of the store and just assumes it's for her, of course. Meanwhile, Charlie Brown is hoping for a valentine from who else but the little red-haired girl. And so the whole special culminates. It's 20 minutes long and culminates in the class holiday party. I won't spoil anything about what happens at that party, (laughs) even though this came out in the 60s. I will say, as usual, these specials are really cozy. I really love... Charlie Brown is like a cozy go-to in terms of any kind of holiday special. And and really, there is a Charlie Brown holiday special for every holiday. There's a Arbor Day Charlie Brown movie. Valentine's Day even has a couple of different ones. And this is the, the first one that they came out with. You know, Charlie Brown is quintessentially cozy for me because, first of all, the music from the Vince Guaraldi trio is just so cute and cozy. I love that jazz sounds so nice. I, I, when I'm working, I'll put that on. It's a really great soundtrack. And, you know, like every Charlie Brown special, it's somber and worldly. And yes, it might make you feel a little bit depressed. <laughs> but I also kind of love how it doesn't give children any false impressions about how brutal life can be. <laughs> but back to the coziness, I think the other cozy element here is, and, and why I picked this, is it encapsulates why I find Valentine's Day cozy. And so here's my little... <laughs> declaration about valentine's day which is that as a holiday i find it cozy as a day to just show the people that you love in your life period whether that's romantic or or just family whatever platonic that you care about them and i think the kids holiday party at school is the best example of that it's just like it reminds me of going back you know, I go back in my childhood, my brain, and I imagine just like giving out, you know, superhero cardboard Valentines with crappy candy attached to it and just having a great time. Like everyone's putting stuff into their shoebox that they made and, and decorated for the day. It just feels very like egalitarian to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and versus like the Valentine's Day of like all the pressure about it has to be romantic and perfect. And we're going to put all this pressure on this day. And if we have a terrible date or if it's not wonderful like it's it's we're so we've somehow failed that's really stressful to me that's not cozy but the charlie brown having a nice classroom party super cozy it does have some great lines when they're shopping for um valentine's day gifts for the teachers one uh girl says well i like my teacher but what should i get my teacher it's a guy and linus suggests purchasing heart-shaped shaving lotion lotion <laughs> 
and and there's just a way that because actual kids for the most part voice these characters the way they just say stuff just makes me laugh like linus saying i think i'm someone special or mm-hmm. charlie brown saying in this big class someone is bound to give me a valentine they're just the right blend of really depressing they just sound like really world weary old souls mm-hmm. coming out of these kids mouths and it, it's just so good and highly recommend checking out be my valentine charlie brown yeah i love how like you said it's so old school because I, I miss handing out those valentine's day cards and also what i love about uh charlie brown is the fact that there are all these jokes that you like that you miss or the humor when i was little if i heard the heart shave heart shape shaving lotion it'd probably go right over my head but now it's funny so when i was watching it for this episode i, I was laughing a lot um, but also on a side note, I didn't realize how much they they scream talk in Charlie Brown. Did you notice that? On a side, a side no, note. I didn't notice that. For some reason, I felt like they were scream talking. But besides that... It's probably hope- true. I mean, I think it's because they're actually kids doing the yes. voices. And kids tend to do that. <laughs> they, they do. I, they do. I was like an old crotchety woman with, you know, my wife. Like, why are you screaming? But <laughs> Enough of these children. Yeah, but I, I agree. I think this is a great pick. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, the heart-shaped shaving lo- lotion, I think, was the best the best bit out of the whole entire thing. There is a side plot in the special about Snoopy oh my um, God. just generally being a menace. So first of all, he puts on this sort of love play for Lucy and Charlie Brown where he, like, throws mud at Lucy. And then he um, hits Woodstock over the head with a valentine at one point. And he's just pulling pranks on people. I did not appreciate Snoopy in this particular no. installment of the Charlie Brown saga. I, I'll, I do have to say that. Um, Snoopy is a big no for me for this this version of Charlie Brown. Everyone else is really cute and funny. Um, let's move over to one of Jillian's picks. So I chose Modern Family's My Funky Valentine's from the first season, episode 15. And the plot sets the groundwork for a series of mishaps and misfires, which is very Modern Family. Uh, Jay disappoints Gloria by buying comedy show tickets instead of planning a night out. She's also dancing for them for Valentine's Day. And then Mitchell's in a bad mood because, as you know, he's a lawyer and his case goes wrong. And then it's a big contrast to Cam's festive mood because he's all about holidays and doing it up big. And then Manny's love interest rejects him for a different classmate, so he's all disappointed. And then it's the birth of Phil and Claire's Valentine's Day personas, Clive, Bixby, and Juliana, they're trying to spice up their romance. So they're going to meet up in a hotel bar and, you know, pretend that they don't know each other. So the reason why I find this episode cozy, it's because one, it's nice to reminisce on the days when Modern Family was actually good. Uh, but it's really enjoyable and Valentine's Day isn't taken too seriously. So a good Valentine's Day episode for me is when it's low stakes, kind of like you said with, you know, Charlie Brown. It's like, holiday class party what could really go wrong and everyone walks away okay so even though everything goes wrong for the the crew you know um claire who adopts the persona of juliana she she strips down to be naked and she's wearing this trench coat and as they're going back to their room she's going back with phil um her trench coat gets caught in the escalator and that's probably the biggest plot of the episode and so it's it's definitely the biggest laugh it's curb your enthusiasm level of awkwardness and i had forgotten that that show can get there Mm -hmm. and as claire's trench coat like um belt is stuck in this escalator and she's naked underneath 
all the people that she knows from her community starts showing up randomly from the principal of their kid's school yep. and a business partner. And then uh, to cap it all off, her dad. <laughs> so yeah. it's just an amazingly, like it just, the tension keeps ratcheting up and it's so awkward and funny. And I agree. Like it was a reminder of how really deliriously funny this show can be. Such a, such a really tense uh, and hilarious scene. You know, that's what the heart's heartbreak about Modern Family. The first few seasons were so funny and so good and really well-crafted. And I think this is a perfect encapsulation of it. This is actually a very popular episode within the series. Another part that shines is just Ty, Ty Burrell. He, when he plays Clive, it that's, 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 the, that's the height of it, of comedy for him, in, in you know, my opinion. He's, one, I think, the strongest... Oh yeah, One when he as Clive lights up a cigarette in the bar to be cool, and then the bartender, you know, scolds him, and then he immediately reverts back to like, "I'm sorry, I, I don't actually smoke," and <laughs> yeah. starts apologizing. Or when he, um, when Claire asks, like, "So why, you know, what's your wife like, or why are you, you know, cheating on your wife?" and he's like, "Well, you know, she's always yelling at me or whatever," and then Claire's getting more and more offended, and he's bo- <laughs> and he's botching it. Um, yeah, and I, it's also interesting to think that Ty almost didn't get the the part of Phil. He's about to give up acting, and the person who's casting Modern Family didn't want to cast him. And last minute, you saw a tape of Ty, and he made the decision to cast him, but neither here nor there. And another uh, shining moment, I think, was with Cam, and because Cam tries to save the day for Manny, and he tries to get help him get the attention of the girl that he's admiring. So they go to this um, diner where the girl's eating with uh, Manny's rival, who pretended that he wrote a poem that Manny had written for the girl, and it's this whole thing. Cam phones the rival and pretends to be a telemarketer, and he's a I think was it like a Southern accent he has yeah. on, yeah, and he's just like trying to distract the the rival while Manny gets to talk to his crush and um Cam is also a favorite he just he he's always really funny so it was just nice to like I said reminisce about when modern family is good but also just I love the the misfires and miscommunication I think when Valentine's Day takes it too seriously it takes itself too seriously then that's when things falter and it's not Mm -hmm. very effective yeah this is great and if you are interested in watching it it's on Hulu currently um, all of Modern Family is on Hulu. Well, that was that's good to know um, because I went to Peacock, but I didn't I didn't know that it was already available on. But Modern Family is ABC. Oh, oh no, sorry. I I watched Parks and Rec on Peacock. Yeah. That's what I did. No, I bought the episode. I can't believe I did that. I don't know why I looked, didn't look in Hulu. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, it's on Hulu because it's, it's Disney. So. Oh, I bought on Amazon. Yeah, I watched. Thank God, I watched. Um, I had Peacock because, not thank God, it's 299 would have been the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that topic, let's talk about Peacock because it was so annoying to not be able to find Parks and Rec. I'm so used to it being on either Netflix or Hulu. And Peacock, in, in its effort to launch itself, which, fair enough, NBC is trying to stake its claim, has taken all of their content off those platforms, at least some of it. You can really only watch Parks and Rec. Either you can buy individual episodes via like iTunes and Amazon, or you can watch it on Peacock. Or there are certain seasons on other platforms. And as luck would have it, I found my pick for another Valentine's TV show episode that I really love. 
And this is Galentine's Day from Season 2, Episode 16 of Parks and Recreation. That particular episode, all of Season 2 is on IFC, which mm-hmm. I have through my cable. So Smart. I was able to watch this episode for free after di- doing some digging. As, as luck would have it, this is the only season IFC has. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked out, but... Yeah, I, I, it's it is a, a disappointing, um, but this is the new reality of streaming, where like basically everybody has their own thing now. There will be a reckoning one day. Not going to get into it. Let's talk about Galentine's Day. So Galentine's Day, as I said, is an episode of Parks and Rec from one of the early ones from season two. Galentine's Day has become actually its own holiday celebrated by people, but if you haven't heard of it, it's the day before Valentine's Day, February thirteenth, Galentine's Day. And it was invented by the show because in the plot of the show, every year on February 13th, Leslie Nope gets her best girlfriends together for breakfast to celebrate their friendship. This year, when they're all gathering for Valentine's Day, her mom recounts the time that she was saved in the Bermuda Triangle by a handsome stranger she lost touch with. And so Leslie gets some help tracking that stranger down. And meanwhile, like all the relationships in the show are getting moved in terms of plot. So you have like developments around, and I'm blanking on the guy's name who left the show, but the original, one of the original cast members who is like an indie guy. (laughs) I should have done the research. I'm sorry. But it's Anne and that guy and Tom. And then the late, I I was rewatching and I was like, oh, I forgot all these people. But Tom and the, 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 phony marriage he did that that thing was happening yes okay but most importantly it is the seed of andy and april Mm -hmm. which ends up being a a much more a relationship in the show that has more longevity the other reason though that this is super cozy to me is again i love the fact that it's showing love to friends and like it's using valentine's day i think in a way that is more like it's spreading the love around it's not just your romantic partner and I, i like that a lot but what I thought was extra cozy about this is that it's set at a senior citizen Valentine's Day dance. And that was just super cute to see all these old couples dancing and all of them interacting with the seniors. And also just to be reminded, kind of similar to what Jillian was saying about Modern Family and kind of being reminded that, the, oh, yeah, this was a funny show. Being like, oh, yeah, Chris Pratt is funny. <laughs> no, it's heartbreaking to see. It's been a while since he was. I feel like now he's just action hero, you know, generic McGee. Yeah, but season of life, you know. Looking back at this episode, to me, he really is the standout. Like, he is so funny, even when he's not seeming to intend to be. Yeah, it's a really, really strong and classic episode of Parks and Rec and something you might consider watching for Valentine's Day. What I also love about this episode is the fact that there are breakups. Um, Leslie breaks up with her boyfriend, Justin Thoreau. It's Justin, right? Yeah, it's Justin playing Justin, yes. Yes. Which is weird to see him not like in a leather jacket and looking super ripped and bopping around, which Jennifer Aniston is like a really... He's always bopping around these days, and he's not bopping around in in this episode. Um, And so I thought that was cool, too, because she wasn't so upset. And another low-stakes example where she's you know it's what's best for her and doing some self-love there so uh, i i really enjoyed this pick and i'm glad that you um chose it because it's it's like the you said about modern family it's just the best of like everyone's at their best and then andy's at his best um april's at her best it's just like everyone is at their highest you know peak of that character and ron i think that's the first mention of duke silver but i'm, I'm not sure but it's ron so, swanson yeah ron swanson so so that that was uh 
fun. I had a, a ton of fun watching it. Now I want to watch every Parks and Rec Valentine's Day episode. Oh, yeah. The, the, the two senior ladies come up to him and say, I know you're Duke Silver and I want your autograph. And he just <laughs> deadpans. Ladies, you must be mistaken. Move along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, it's a fun. I love holiday themed TV episodes. Well, let's wrap it up with one more. Talk about Hey Arnold, Jillian. <laughs> so Matt chose a, a, car- a cartoon to pair with Parks and Rec. And so I, I thought to myself, well, I, you know, I should pick a cartoon myself. And I chose Hey Arnold after a lot of research. So the plot of Hey Arnold, Arnold's Valentine, season one, episode 20, um, follows Arnold on Valentine's Day as, an, as I and a sixth grader named Ruth. And of course, this vexes Helga, who is head over heels for Arnold, which is like a running gag in the show. So Helga concocts this wild scheme to pretend she's Arnold's French pen pal, writing him a letter that she's arriving to New York that night. Don't know why. <laughs> that, that's what she does. And so, of course, the real pen pal is inexplicably visiting New York with her parents, which once again, don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that element kind of surprised me. I'm like, wait a minute. She actually is? I know. And so now Arnold has to juggle two paramours, all the while Helga goes about her scheme. Um, needless to say, her transformation is a comedy of errors. At one point, she gets her hair done at um, a dog grooming shop because like, it's a, a poodle, French poodle. Yeah, and she salon. won't let the guy speak. And, and she's just like, okay, fine. You want your hair done here? Sure. And, and gives her a poodle do. Yeah. And so, you know, one thing about the kids cartoons is it's just rife with, you know, generalization. So like, of course, they're pushing the French thing to a completely potentially offensive level. <laughs> just <laughs> so she is trying to be this French dream for Arnold to win him over. And of course, at the end of the day, Ruth and then Arnold's real pen pal show up. And so Helgo's plan is exposed. Uh, but Ruth ends up going with a busboy at the restaurant. So they all end up meeting at a restaurant. And Helga shows up to the restaurant and tries to wine and dine Arnold. But Arnold's trying to entertain Ruth. It's this whole thing. And so when all everyone comes together, uh, the pen pal goes off with Arnold's friend Gerald. And then, uh, as I said, the, the um, Ruth goes off with the busboy. So it just leaves... Helga, who is still, she's, she's, her plot as a French woman is ruined, but she has not identified herself. And so Arnold and her share this moment, which I thought oddly was like very sweet and heartfelt because Arnold's not mad or angry. He's not, he's not mean. It's just like they, it leaves the possibility open for something in the future. And um, it was nice to see Helga in such a vulnerable moment. There's something heartbreaking but also extremely sweet about just her desire to be loved and be vulnerable and to show that soft side but also side note why is helga such who hurt her who were helga um i rewatching it now i'm like wow that she has a lot of issues but um i i (laughs) she wants she's a bully she gets attention though through being mean to people Mm -hmm. and so she's trying to she already has painted herself in this corner because at school she's a bully and she picks on Arnold. Arnold doesn't understand that's because Helga likes him. So she kind of in this weird way tries to get away from herself. Like by pretending to be someone else, she's able to be kind of the like more forward about her feelings for Arnold in a way that aren't like basically pulling on his hair kind of stuff. Yeah. And she says this really sweet and also heartbreaking line to him during dinner. She says, maybe the girl for you is someone you didn't expect. After all, the most beautiful gift can come in the plainest box. And you know, it's a little cheesy, but it's it's super sweet, I think, for a kid's show. And then also there are some funny lines, which 
completely flew over my head as a kid. Um, so in the opening scene, the teacher is instructing the kids to write their own Valentines. And then one of the kids said, what if we don't care about anyone? What if we've never experienced love? And the teacher says, then you'd be me, which is not <laughs> like the funniest line, but the fact that like it, it like dramatically cuts to the next scene. So it's just boom, <laughs> boom. Like you don't even have a, a Yeah. You know, honestly, this reminded me of how mature this show is. Yeah. It's interesting to look back at kids television like this because I, I don't really watch like any new kids TV. So I, I could be mistaken. Maybe it is as mature as this is, but this show, I, I was a huge Hey Arnold fan. So I watch a lot of episodes of the show. I'd watch it every day and I would even watch it like in, in the morning rotation, like through high school, honestly, I'm not, I mean, maybe that makes me sound pathetic. But I'd be like having my breakfast and have Nickelodeon on sometimes or, you know, usually usually it would, it would be the news. Don't worry. But <laughs> sometimes it'd be, hey, hey, Arnold, because there's an emotional resonance and maturity to the mm-hmm. show that is like it, it is not your typical sort of like cartoon show. And a lot of the Nickelodeon 90s shows have that quality to them where it doesn't matter how old you are. There is a maturity to their plots like this is a sitcom plot like you would. If you turned into NBC primetime sitcom, it would be the same kind of plot. And a lot mm-hmm. of the same lines deliver the same way. So really interesting uh, cartoon. My partner was like, what's going on? Because all you heard in the background was, hey, Arnold. <laughs> like, <laughs> no context. Nice to take a walk down memory lane. It's For a lot sure. Of fun. All right, Jillian, it is time to begin our love letter to our favorite Valentine's Day candies. The real... The real <laughs> MVP. Uh, the, the, <laughs> what what will be the real MVPs of holiday candy? I actually started talking about this with my coworkers today. It was a tense discussion. I was not anticipating. Really? Yeah, I was so sure it would be like a kind of harmless uh, icebreaker question. And wow, people have passionate feelings about Valentine's Day candy. So here we go. We're going to wade into it. Wow. We will share. Let's let's start from the bottom. Okay, we're going to start with our each. We've Perfect. each lined up like four picks. I think the fourth pick is our honorable, honorable mentions, and then we'll make our way to our, our number one. So I'll, I'll kick it off. My honorable mention for Valentine's Day candy is M&M's. All right. You're like, M&M's are for all seasons. You're right. But I really specifically like Valentine's Day colored M&M's. I, they're really pretty, the pink and white and red colors. I've always loved them. And, you know, they're, they're great to pass out as gifts when you're a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Just a classic M&M with really cute Valentine's Day coloring. It's not the best. It's why it's an honorable mention. It's not officially on my list, but I just have to shout it out. Love the color of those M&Ms. Yeah, and that kind of leads into my honorable mention. I like anything that has, that's basically the same, you know, product you're getting, but it has the pink and red color. So basically just some, you know, artificial food dye and you have me. So I think it's really cute when the Oreos have the pink cookies. And I would, I know it's controversial, but I would try the Kraft's pink mac and cheese. That just came out. I would have that. All right. You're starting to lose me, Jillian. <laughs> I just like anything that looks festive. So sure. Why That's not? True. Okay. You know what? Fair enough. I, I am with you. I mean, I, honestly, that is exactly my choice, right? It was like, I like this basic candy, but in a Valentine's day color. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, was it? I don't know if this is a right accurate analogy. Putting lipstick on a pig. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How romantic. <laughs> yeah. And then the Reese's pink hearts. Cause I love that shade of pink. I think it's so pretty. Just make it aesthetically pleasing. You'll at least get our honorable mention uh, for us on Valentine's Day. Okay, so, so far we are in sync here. Let's keep moving down the list. 
Number three on my Valentine's Day candy list are cherry Valentine mm-hmm. heart pops. As I said, I what I appreciate the most about the holiday is the nostalgia around the <laughs> super basic like cardboard Valentine's Day you would give for your whole class as a kid. And almost like clockwork, half of them would already come with these like heart pops, which are just suckers that are shaped like a heart. And usually they're cherry flavored. And the heart pops specifically, sometimes they had like white embossed writing or like a Cupid's uh, arrow or whatever on them. And those are my favorite because they immediately make me think of the holiday. They feel very festive. And that cherry flavor, I'm going to stand up for it. It's a strong cherry mm-hmm. flavor and I like it a lot. <laughs> I also love how it has this beautiful shade of red. Yeah. It's like a, a, tr- a true red. And then it gets prettier as you you look it okay <laughs> the light can shine through i don't know i just think they're very beautiful yeah they are very beautiful it's it's it just feels like a really classic valentine's day candy it's not the fanciest thing on the block but i just really love a classic valentine heart pop yeah you can't go wrong um at number three i like the foil wrapped chocolate roses i think that's very pretty so instead of you don't want to do the real Roses, you can give away a chocolate one. Yeah, those are pretty. I like them. My only frustration with them is that they are a little harder to eat than I prefer. Like they always like kind of mm-hmm. fall apart, and then it's just sort of like I'm picking up little you know chocolate pieces. You can't bite into it without it exploding, <laughs> and it's never like that good of chocolate, right? It's always kind of just oh, no. like no. you know the the chocolate they scraped off the factory floor. That's more to look at and more to it's admire. It's more to look at, yeah. So far, so far, we have a lot of aesthetic choices. <laughs> I don't think it's the best, but I'll, I respect your choice. Number two for me, we're, get, we're getting close to the number one, are Hershey Kisses. Hershey Kisses really shine on Valentine's Day because they're kisses, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and once again, they're the perfect little accompaniment to a Valentine card. Now they even make conversation kisses with little cute messages on the bottom and to me, a Hershey Kiss is the perfect amount of chocolate. It's like a wonderful little mm-hmm. snack. If you just need to pick me up, one Hershey Kiss will get you through an afternoon into your meetings. I feel very on theme for Valentine's Day for me. Yeah, I, I agree with this. It's a great choice. My only concern with that is I'm never one who has a one pick me up. I'm like, okay, I'm 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 now on number eight, like going <laughs> going deep because they are so they're little delectable bites, and that's what keeps you going. You can't too stop. many kisses. Yeah, mothering kiss, kiss monster. Um, <laughs> so number two for me is jelly heart candy, and the reason why I chose chose is I I mean I hate jelly anything to be honest, but when I was little, my mom would always on Valentine's Day give us this little bag of jelly hearts, which I don't know if you're familiar, but they're like they're thick and they have sugar on top and they're this pretty red color and um they I ate I remember enjoying them when back in the day eating them, but I don't, I think I would test them now, but it's just more my mom would every Valentine's day. She's extremely festive. She always goes out for every single holiday. And, um, she'd always get a little bag of those jelly hearts. So that's why I chose them for nostalgia's sake. That's really sweet. I don't, I can't picture them. Do they have other, is there a certain brand? You know what? That's funny. When I was trying to do the research, I can only find cinnamon jelly hearts. And I, I forgot the, the brand starts with the B, but, um, I don't know, maybe if they were like, a novelty shop in, in town or something like that. But um, yeah, they're just like these like really thick um, 
like heart. Oh, little heart okay. Thing. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're like gelatin gummies yes, basically. Exactly. Exactly. And they have like a, a sugar coating on top. But when I was researching and I could only find cinnamon flavored, which sounds very bizarre to me, but, but you know, I don't know. So I would like well, to if you're find feeling hot to trot on Valentine's day, you can get your loved one, a cinnamon heart. Yeah. <laughs> Before we reveal my number one choice, like a lot of my coworkers were talking about how like, they just loved fancy chocolates, like a box of fancy chocolates. And they're just classier than I am, I guess, because I'm like, no, give me like the, <laughs> the mass market lead poisoned <laughs> hard shell candies. And uh, you know what? I'm going to top my list with one of those. My number one Valentine's Day candy are those chalky conversation hearts. It's not for taste. It's for cuteness because I just, nothing says Valentine's Day to me like, a conversation heart. So, you know, conversation hearts are those sugar candies. They're hard. <laughs> they have um, words on them like kiss me or um, love you or be mine or XOXO. And they come in a variety of flavors depending on their color. Like, you know, they're, they're white, yellow, red, green, blue. They come in like wintergreen flavor, banana, orange, lemon, lime, cherry, or grape. Those flavors, they're kind of overstatements because they mostly just taste like chalky sugar. They're not that bad, but they're not great either. I just think it's so cute to like give someone a little conversation heart and say like, you know, be mine. And what's extra funny is they keep updating them for new generations. So like now they say DM me totes. For children? Goat. Yeah, for children. Goat. Like greatest of all time. So, okay. People who are our age or older... If you get a goat heart, they're not calling you a goat, okay? It means greatest of all time. And then, so don't be offended if you get a goat conversation heart. But my favorite new conversation heart is, yes. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day related. I don't know, but I, I'm here for it. Uh, give me that yes heart. And um, uh, yeah, that, that's my number one. I don't know. Maybe an old crotchety woman, but I want the classics. And I remember they the still have the classics, are, but, I want but it's it. mixed in. It's mixed in. I can only imagine in 10 years from now, <laughs> those conversation arts will say. Um, <laughs> my number one choice, and it's not even, I think, festive or related to the holiday. It's just my personal preference for chocolate. I love the Dove's milk uh, chocolate candy hearts. I'm a freak for Dove. Like, that is really if me too, Jillian. I'm I'm so glad you picked this. Like I truly respect this number one choice. I love these two. Go go into your love. I, yeah. I won't interrupt you. I mean, there's just I mean, yeah. I, you're not interrupting anything. Honestly, there's just nothing to say. I'll go hard for this candy. I love this candy. I I am just a freak for it. Like I'm not really a big sugar person. I'm more of a salty fiend, as we discussed before, but. Um, something about this and in fact they're shaped like hearts makes it even all the better so number one spot for me reign supreme i'm going back to your (laughs) mention of you know fancy fancy chocolates um my dad would bring us home godiva but it would be like two days after because they have this store uh, the other store (laughs) grand central yeah like the you know the discount (laughs) godiva you know and so you never really get on the holiday um which i thought that was funny to always get it like two days later but it's always 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 a treat, and that was something to look forward to as as well. You know, those heart shaped boxes are cute and everything, but I don't know. There are just certain like candies that I really want to experience. And now that we're in lockdown, like 
I, I had to get my own. So now I have this big box of conversation heart candies. <laughs> I keep handing them to my husband and he's like, get this away from me. Or he'll... <laughs> it's like, I'm not eating this. But I did get a bag of kisses. I had to mm-hmm. sample them again just to kind of, you know, it was, it was you know, for work uh, yeah. for this podcast uh, in the line of duty. I also got <laughs> M&Ms just to kind of... I was when I was getting my conversation heart candies. There are two new flavors of M and M's I had to try. There's a <gasps> fudge brownie M M&M and M and a cheesecake M and M. Cheesecake. I really want to try that. Do you like it? I d- I didn't care for either of them. I'll be totally oh. honest. I like a classic milk chocolate M and M. I just feel like it gets the balance right on the hard shell to the chocolate. But that's my personal taste. Other people I've heard are raving about the fudge brownie ones. I thought that you know they're they're chewy and thick. But I didn't get enough of a difference in terms of the chocolate flavor. It's it is a little different. You kind of get a hint of the brownie, and same thing with the cheesecake. You kind of like understand the cheesecake flavor they're going for. However, when you're shoveling them in your mouth the way that I do, what you really get is an overwhelming flavor of white chocolate, Ooh, which is not that. really what I want. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't think the the flavors really translated for me. I'm I'm not all about these new ones. Um, gotta give me give me a classic milk chocolate M M&M. and M. Well, that's hard to hear, but I'm glad that I <laughs> found it out before I dove into that uh, cheesecake m M&M. They're not bad. I mean, like, I'm definitely eating my way through them, but yeah. I'm eating the fudge brownie ones faster. I'll put it that way. Oh, yeah, because that was an article where people were in up in arms. They demanded that cheesecake be a full-time flavor, but... Wow. I don't know. We'll see. That's not, that's not worth uh, fighting for, in my opinion, but everyone no. has different tastes. Different causes. What are your favorite Valentine's Day candies? Let us know about your superior taste. We're, we're, we're Cretans over here with our, um, you know, conversation heart picks. I think Jillian nailed it with the Dove Milk Chocolate Candy Hearts. But let us know on Facebook or on Instagram um, and send us some. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. What are your plans for Valentine's Day, Jillian? How are you, you going to keep it cozy? Honestly, not going out and not going anywhere. I, I think that I am going, I'm trying to make it more of a, say a bigger deal but going out in ways i probably wouldn't normally so ordering dinner from shojin i mentioned it as a cozy location here before because it's like it's tucked away in this little mall in little tokyo and you wouldn't expect it to be the super cozy restaurant but it, it is and um it's a vegan sushi restaurant so going there then exchanging gifts i have a surprise coming my way i heard which Defeats the purpose of a surprise, but I will not. <laughs> That's still a surprise. It. It's, it's anticipation building. I don't know. I I, I wanted a full surprise, but uh, you know, we'll see what it is. I'll report back. It, it's it's a it's a warning saying I'm also expecting a surprise. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. So, <laughs> better, better get ready, Jillian. I know. Then I you know probably just watching a movie and then try and be quiet. I got little mini cheesecakes um, from this. <laughs> Hopefully not the M&M version. Yeah, but they're they're shaped like their hearts and it's very LA, their chakra. Oh <laughs> my god. Like, I I know, I know. And and then I got a little nervous. I don't want anyone to think it's weird. <laughs> it said in the description, they're aphrodisiacs. Oh, okay. We got big plans for Valentine's Day. No, but now I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm like, are they made of something, you know, that I don't know about it? I was just getting plain cheesecakes. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm anxious. Well, let us know how it goes. That's a funny thing. Like, you know, I don't know. We did it in LA with all these like different ingredients. I'm like, I don't anything crazy. I just want a cheesecake, but we'll see what happens. All I wanted is a cheesecake, but I got a an aphrodisiac. I know. Oh, Matt, what are your plans? 
Well, I mean, wow, you really have me beat. Um, we're really low key when it comes to Valentine's Day. We've never been big Valentine's Day people. But when I think back to what we typically do, we often will go see a live show, like a comedy show or like a concert. Last year, we went to a Courtney Barnett Valentine's Day like oh, benefit. Perfect. This year, we're going to keep it simple like you. We're going to take out food um, from a restaurant we like. I, I think it will end up being Real Food Daily because that's a vegan restaurant in LA. It's near and dear to our heart because it was the fancy vegan place when we first moved here for the first time back in 2007. <laughs> and so um, back when like it wasn't ubiquitous to have all these like vegan and vegetarian restaurants, especially places that would like recreate things like meatloaf. And it was like such a big deal to us. And it was like the place we'd go to for special events. And so it is meaningful for us to like kind of reconnect with our roots in terms of when we would go out on dates in LA by getting some real food daily. So that would probably be the dinner. And, um, you know, we'll probably wind down with our usual Sunday tradition of watching masterpieces, all creatures great and small with a, a glass of wine or maybe a cocktail we'll make. And um, yeah, let's just keep it simple, a little little dinner and hanging out. That sounds really lovely and, and cozy. And I, I think it's great that you're choosing a restaurant that's special to you guys and your relationship. And instead of, you know, trying something new, it's always good to go back to a place that gives you good memories. I would initially, I, even for this episode research, I was looking for like, what are some cozy Valentine's Day date activities? And I, I couldn't find any that I would call cozy because they all seemed like high pressure <laughs> things where it's like, first of all, like, I don't want to go out in public. So that's like out of the question. But then even at home, it's like all the power to you if you want to like recreate a spa, a spa day for you and your loved one. That's amazing. To me, that I just feel like that would put all this pressure on like me to create that, but also I'm on my partner to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to, you know, keep it simple and the things I know we enjoy, which is like good food, good drinks, and just each other's company. Yeah. And to be honest, my Valentine's Day is always the same as yours. It's never, even with COVID, you know, not going on, I would be having the same Valentine's Day. <laughs> no, you know? exactly. It's like, I'm. we're not really like go to the most expensive, like hot restaurant in town, you know? Yeah. It, it's not that. That's not us. Yeah. It's basically like the New Year's version. Yeah. Basically <laughs> every, every holiday is avoiding the holiday as, as best we can while still celebrating it. Yeah. Well, let's wind down with some soothing sounds. In this case, love songs. Jillian, what is your pick for your favorite love song to serenade us for Valentine's Day? So I chose The Book of Love, performed by Magnetic Fields from their 1999 album, 69 Love Songs. And it, I'd be honest, choosing a love song for the show was so, so hard because I, I, and there's so many, so many good ones. And a lot of the times, you know, my, my picks for this kind of stuff are a little bit darker so i wanted to use something that was a little bit lighter and i think this one is lighter in the sense that it has a lot of humor and it doesn't take love so seriously uh then i say like the book of love is long and boring and that is just so true and it, it gives me a laugh and when i was enjoying the song in high school of course that once again flew over my head <laughs> you know i didn't understand the, the lyrics of it and apparently i didn't know this but it makes complete sense that this song is performed at weddings all the time <laughs> because you know it says well, the lyric said in 
I, you know, I should give you wedding rings or something to that effect. And so of course it's being played at weddings, but the writer of the song says that I don't understand why people think that the book of love is a suitable wedding song. The book of love is all about ambivalence and ambiguative love, which doesn't really feel like an appropriate sentiment for a wedding, but I'm happy that's become a wedding standard. I'm just puzzled that it's become a wedding standard. So it's one of those songs that I, th- I don't think was traditionally romantic, but it's it's a story. And it, that's what I like about, I like love songs that are a story or that you can kind of lose yourself in, in memories or you, it's like a long road. I, I, I like, I like that about that. Um, and I think as it applies to friendships too, it's not just a love song. I think you can, the length of relationships in general and how there's so many things that happen and things that you remember and things that you don't remember. It's just like one long journey and um, that's what I love about this song. Well, let's listen to The Book of Love by The Magnetic Fields. The book of love is long and boring No one can lift the damn thing It's full of charts and facts and figures And instructions for dancing This is a really great choice. Yeah, I, 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 and I just, I get, I get lost in it. Um, yeah, it was hard to turn off because it's so enveloping, and Stephen Merritt's voice is just so, it just pulls you in. It's so deep and full. And yeah, I this album, Sixty Nine Love Songs, is, is just a really solid album. Uh, period. But this song is a really, I, 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 for all the reasons you described, I agree. Like, it's a really beautiful love song that celebrates the mundanity of mm-hmm. being with somebody forever and just loving their presence. And that kind of enduring love doesn't often get music, right? It's, that, it's always that fresh love, the, the new spark you get from meeting somebody. But you know what? That comes fast and cheap. The real mm-hmm. stuff is what yep. endures. And it's not thrilling and it's not, it is long and boring, but it's, yep. it's true love. And I think the song really en- encompasses that beautifully. I, I adore this choice. It's it's like the sweetest parody of love, if that makes sense. It's like it's making not making fun of love, but it's kind of you know ribbing you, and elbowing you, and um, it's like it's the most endearing joke about love, but in in a sweet way. And then uh, Stephen had this like this kind of heartbreaking but sweet anecdote. Apparently, he was like trying out the song and playing it over and over again in his apartment in New York, and the woman who was living below him in the apartment fell in love with the song and she would hear him play it every single day. And, um, when she died, he, he played it at her funeral. It's like a sweet little anecdote. It's a little dark, but I, I like the image of someone hearing that song every, every day or someone trying to like make this song right and figuring it out and getting the lyrics down and just falling in love with it in their apartment. It's a nice, a nice image. That's really sweet. I love yeah. that story. So outside the book of love, an honorable mention for me is Bob Dylan's Sarah, because it touches on the memories of a relationship that you carry with you and that, especially with marriage, just, it just never dies. And it's so intertwined in, into your life. And if you have children, especially, and I just like how it's one big story. So that's why I chose Sarah as my honorable mention. <laughs> 
Well, my husband's going to be thrilled. You picked a Bob Dylan song, so you'll, you'll definitely have at least one fan of that pick. This is my true, my true, true, but it's, it's, you know, it's a little, it's a lot. I feel like. <laughs> you know, I had the same difficulty picking a favorite love song and I ended up just going into ones that I felt like really stuck the most with me. At first started to overanalyze this prompt and really think about like, you know, is it cozy? Is it like going to be appealing to people? And I just ended up going with my gut with my mm-hmm. very first pick. And my gut was telling me maps by yeah, yeah, yes. You know, the song isn't the coziest and that it's, you know, it's kind of a rock song, but I think it actually has a really sweet melody to it. It's really, really simple. Okay. Because the lyrics are just repeated over and over again. They don't love you like I love you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a simple love song about missing somebody who is geographically distant from you. Why can't you be with me? They don't appreciate you like I do. They don't love you like I do. It's also famously sampled. Some of you youngins might know it better from Beyonce's Hold Up, (laughs) where she uh, takes uh, maps and then makes it into a different song. Let's listen to Maps by Yeah Yeah Yes. So evidently, the tears that she's crying in the music video are real because her boyfriend was supposed to show up and be in the music video, but uh, was late um, and didn't make it. And so she was sad. I don't know if I buy that. (laughs) (laughs) But it does uh, fit with the theme of of what the song is talking about. There's like kind of a a yearning that, you know, for somebody that you're missing. Um, But clearly there's a a strong love there in the song. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, one of the things that you know, I, I forgot about this, this phenomenon. Cause it really was, I mean, this song blew up. I remember my friend Kayla and I who has been on the show. Um, I remember having a sleepover with her and I was on the trundle bed and we were watching the Anna Nicole's show. <laughs> and, oh, and you're the, speaking my language. Yeah. And then <laughs> they, they previewed the music video and it was going to come on. I'm like, we have to see it. We got to watch it. Cause we're just so obsessed with um, the song and this music video. And so it was a nice reminder of how powerful this music video is. She, I don't know. Just yeah, her movements and her expressions, um, and it's just so captivating and poignant and moving. And I, I was mesmerized by it. And I, it's such a gorgeous song, heartbreaking, beautiful. I, I just need to. I need to listen to it when we get off. <laughs> it's. I haven't listened to it in a long time. So it's one of those, you know, throwbacks that they're just resonate all these years later. Yeah, I think that's why I picked it. It's just sort of like, it just sticks out. Like when mm-hmm. I think love song, it's it's for me th- the first thing my brain goes to. Yeah. An honorable mention for me is Come What May for Moulin Rouge. <laughs> A lot of my like high school yearning love singing was <laughs> to, to Moulin Rouge song. So, you know, I will say this about Moulin Rouge. If you can't decide on one love song, you don't have to worry because they cram like 50 into every song. So... <laughs> It's a good place that you can get you can hit all your bases with any one Moulin Rouge song. We all had great picks for our love songs. I think so too. I think I think we nailed it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Let's uh, finish up with a candle review. 
I have the candle this week and I picked a Valentine's Day themed candle that I found at Target. <laughs> so Target has this whole line of Valentine's Day candles where it's these the ceramic holder very cute. And so the bottom is like a sand and the top is either pink or or red or white. And there are four different scents to pick from. Three of them are sandalwood rose, jasmine rose, and scarlet citron. And the one I chose was berries and peonies. I I paused because Jillian says ponies and I just, I got in my head uh, by Opal House, (laughs) which is, I guess, the Target brand. I don't know if they're Target brand, but they definitely like sell through target anyway so the scent is raspberry cedar apple peony and rose i'll be honest i was expecting to hate it (laughs) i picked it because it was like explicitly a valentine's day candle there's even a heart on the ceramic case it is so cute to look at and actually the pink color is really uh quite a nice pink and you know what i actually really like this candle it's so subtle you know it's not a full wicker this is not like a, a it's a half wick for me just because I don't think it's amazing. And I would say the throw is quite weak. It's, it, I'm in a small room and it's barely filling it. But I think it's that kind of subtlety that it really does just kind of a, a, a really light waft of fruit and flower that feels almost like, um, I don't know, just like very gentle. And it's not overwhelming at all, which you can always get. You, can, you always risk when you get like floral smelling handles. And so I will say I'm pleasantly surprised. It's still half a wick because it is, the throat is pretty weak. But yeah, I, I could have been worse. Berries and Peonies by Oval House. Yeah, those notes I wouldn't necessarily pair together. The apple kind of threw me off. Because you typically don't see apples in winter. I think scent. it's helping it keep... I think that that lightness and that freshness is coming from that apple. Hmm. Well, I'll have to look into this line. Because I maybe the not having a gray throw does it, 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 does it well. Because these scents are typically overpowering yeah so hmm. yeah good yeah, honestly if i would have picked sandalwood rose that sounds more my speed but they didn't have it <laughs> in stock they love you all right we're gonna wind down with some shout outs first of all thank you to our new patron tina k thank you for joining the cozy cause and supporting our show take tina's lead and uh support us on patreon we're at patreon.com slash all things cozy yeah and if you uh join and become a patron you get our mag- magnet and our sticker. They're really cute. And then I'm also sending out Valentine's Day cards. So I guess by this, when this comes out, it might be too late. But if you do sign up before Valentine's Day, I will send you a Valentine's Day card. So Aww. yeah, and have frog stamps. So that's oh pretty exciting. Oh my goodness. It, it does not get better than the, a frog stamp from Jillian. That's, that is the seal of approval. Well, I was really embarrassed because today I went into... Um, the postal work store because I had some and some Patreon stuff to drop off and um the man said, Do you need more frog stamps? <laughs> I was so You're like uh, yes. <laughs> yes, no, I said no, yes. you should have been like I've been waiting all my life for that question. No, I said I'll take two. But <laughs> the fact that he was like, You want the frog stamps? Like, why I come I came in here one time and I got one frog stamp, but apparently you're a frog stamp woman for life. And that's ribbit, ribbit, Jillian. <laughs> But anyways, thanks to Cindy Guest for your heartwarming review on iTunes. Cindy said, I found this podcast when I was looking for something to listen to while walking. I still walk, but I enjoy this podcast so much that I like to just sit and really listen to it, usually with a cup of coffee and a blanket. It makes me smile, and it's definitely all things cozy. Smiley face. Thank you, Cindy. Yeah, thank you so much, Cindy. That's so sweet. 
Yes, very sweet. We love all reviews. Like I said, I, I refresh, you know, of the podcast page and hoping that something new will come in. So get your fingers going. Leave us a review. That's that's high praise for a podcast for me because I also, at this point, because I don't drive anymore, I listen to most of my podcasts by walking myself. And it's the good ones that I like get home from walking and I just like sit on the couch and finish them. And the ones that I'm not as into, <laughs> your phone's out, done. <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciate that. We're, we're you're, you're sticking with us and sitting down to listen. Yes, thank you. After you finish your walk. Thank you, Cindy. I appreciate it. That does it for us this week. We'll be back in your ears with more coziness in two more weeks. We hope you all have a lovely Valentine's Day. Until next time, stay, stay cozy. cozy.